Welcome to the Take Heart Podcast, where we have conversations around what it looks like to intimately walk with the Father, to know Him, to seek after Him, and to become more like Him. Our aim is to explore what it looks like to actively take heart, to be people who are confident in the future because we know who our God is. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Take Heart Podcast, episode four. Wow. Um, Sam, welcome. Thank you, Bree. Did I just mix it up a little bit? So I like that. Did you? Did you like that, Emma? Yeah, I'm absolutely fine with it because I'm very secure in who I am. <laughs> and Emma. <laughs> oh, if you could see the looks going back and forth here. Are you making a joke about no. my insecurities? No, I'm more just highlighting my own securities. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was doing. If you took it as a joke about yourself, then that's something you should work out. Oh my gosh. What a way to Why are you so mean to me? <laughs> Sorry, I'm in a place. You're in a place. I'm tired. I'm Should we tell everyone what you said to me last night at no, church? No, no, no. Hey, Brie, would you like to recap last episode? That would be really I cool. would love to. So Thank last, you. Last episode, we were talking about um, building some spiritual disciplines in our lives, um, spending time with God daily, letting God's word get under your skin, mm. um, about praying, repenting, fasting, meditating, just some... Mm. Some really important truths that Some we can practical things. Yeah, mm. yeah, that we can um put into our lives. Um, and then this episode, um, our big question that we're wanting to answer is um how is life different because you accepted this invitation? Oh, that's good. That's a good question. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, so. like we haven't come up with it ourselves. <laughs> oh, isn't that a good question? <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> but yeah, it's good. Like, what does life in the beholding now actually look like? Yeah. Once you've made that decision, what changes? Yeah. 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 That's good. Um, we already have um, the peace of God within us, um, which I think is just amazing. Um, and John uh, 14, 27 says, uh, where Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Um, and I think this means that um, life, isn't always peaceful. Mm. Um, these words were actually um, prayed over my family. Um, mm. We were in a car accident towards the end of last year. Um, and as my son was feeling really anxious, he was um, quite badly injured at the time. He's, he's purely completely healed now, which is amazing. Um, but at Praise the time, God. yeah, um, at the time when he was um, injured and just sitting in that um, that anxiety of going back to school and and feeling um, like he was a little bit out of place with a, a cast on. Um, you know, my, my dad prayed these words mm. and just that recognition of, you know, life is not always peaceful, um, but it doesn't mean that life doesn't have to be peace-filled. Mm. Um, and I think through prayer that then we can activate the armour of God. Um, in church we've, um, you know, we've been studying Ephesians 6 um, at the moment and standing firm against the devil's schemes and against this world. Um, and the acknowledgement that we are new creations mm. and that we are blessed with the ability of um, understanding as much about the Father as he deems fit um, and that having that eternal focus then, um, you know, we can live with that focus that the Father longs to have um, time with us um, and longs for us to be that new creation that we were created to be. Mm. Um, sorry, I feel like I've said a whole lot of, a whole lot in that, in that no, but intro. Very good. Um, uh, and then Colossians 
three, um, if, if you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, um, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Um, so can you, um, I guess, introduce the first difference that we see when we start um, start accepting that invitation. Like how does mm. our life look different? Yeah. When we start seeking the things that are above, like that Colossians verse just said, mm. um, yeah. When we behold God, our perspective shifts. We have, suddenly we have an eternal focus. We have a different perspective on everyone and everything. And also with that, we have an unshakable hope. Mm. It's a very beautiful reality to live in. We have confidence, we have assurance, we have a sure future. Yeah. Um, and that perspective shift changes everything because mm. suddenly we're not the highest point or final authority on our lives. We're acknowledging that there is someone greater than ourselves yeah. who's directing everything. Mm. It's a very freeing place to live in. Yeah. And it changes your mindset. Mm -hmm. um, I have uh, the words maintain a kingdom perspective on the top of my, my screen at work. Mm. Um, and it's really helpful when I'm, you know, having difficult conversations or feeling stressed about the day ahead. It's mm. just to keep reading those words of this is just temporary, this world mm. that we live in. Mm. Um, and my, um, my boss has this expression of it won't matter for eternity. And so if, you know, a document goes out with the wrong formatting or something that's, <laughs> you know, not a, an enormous problem. Yeah, but a, a little annoyance. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's having that, that perspective of this is not going to matter for eternity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I think good. I can, I really like that. I'm going to get that in my brain mm. when I start to get my back up about something or get worked up about something. It's not an eternal issue. Mm -mm. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Let it go. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, one, one passage in particular, um, talking about this idea of, um, looking to, like looking with a kingdom perspective is 1 John 2, 15 to 17, which says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away mm -hmm. along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Mm. Don't you want to do that and be that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Who wouldn't want, want that yeah. reality? But yeah, whoever does the will of God abides forever. It's a beautiful promise mm. of, of what awaits us. This world is temporary. The things of God are eternal yeah. and, and worth so much of our time and, and focus. Yeah. The, yeah. the second difference. Yes, and the second difference is... Um, as we behold God, um, how we see ourselves shifts as well. Mm. Um, so we either have an inflated view of ourselves or a deflated one. Um, and I think I'm just making the assumption here that the majority probably see themselves as quite deflated, right, quite negatively, mm. um, unworthy of love or affection, broken, weak, worthless. Is that? Do you think that's the correct assumption of most people that they – Sadly, Miss. sadly, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but when you live this life in the beholding of main, of focusing um, and 
of God, focusing on God and having him as your priority um, and you maintain that kingdom perspective, then um, more often than not your predispositions, um, when your mind is at rest, then your default thoughts about yourself are more focused on words like Psalm 139, mm, which one of your favorite songs. One of my favorite songs. Yeah. Um, it says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. Um, I'm just going to pick some key verses. Um, you're familiar with all my ways, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. Mm. Oh, it's my favorite passage. <laughs> I think because you just, I get this picture of God, you know, saying to all the heavenly beings, like, shh, I'm making something really special. Mm. And, I'm, and he's like in this secret place, just, just making you. That, mm. Doesn't that blow your mind? Mm. Um, that he's so in love with you. Um, that he would do that. And so if you hear nothing else today, I really want you to hear that, that he loves you and that Mm. he cares for you and that he's for you. He has a plan for you, for your future. Um, And John 3, 16, for God so loved the world and you, Mm. and that he gave his only son, he sacrificed his only son for you. Mm. Um, And so I think we need to keep reminding ourselves of that, that that is where your worth is. It's not in what the world tells you. It's not in what you think the world is telling you or how you view the world through this warped lens Mm. or view yourself through the warped lens of the world. Mm. Um, It's all about how, um, you know, no matter what we've done or how we've stuffed up that he, you know, his ultimate desire is to be reconciled with you and to, um, you know, cover your mistakes basically and to build that Mm. relationship with you. Amazing. And, and, and on that, like it's because of Jesus that we are born again into Mm. a living hope, which is Mm. who we are and how we should see ourselves. 1 1 Peter 1, 3 to 16 um, says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's Mm. power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. I'll skip ahead for a little bit. Therefore, verse 13, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. That's who we are. We mm. are we are holy. And we'll unpack holiness in a later episode because there's a lot mm. to be said on that. But I thought this was an appropriate time to bring this into the conversation too. If we're thinking about who we are, well, what what does it look like to be born again? We're, we're called holy because mm. he is. We are too. Because he is holy, we also are, um, are holy as well. Um, you know, I think it's important to recognize that we can't possibly be comfortable in this present world, mm-hmm. um, in our present self bodies. Yes, it's temporary. Yes. <laughs> and, and yet that's where the wrestle lies because I think we try to rest all of our hopes in ourselves. Mm. Um, but 
what this is saying as well in 2 Corinthians 5, beautiful passage, um, is that the spirit actually acts as a guarantee of what is to come for us in the future. So as much as we're here in these bodies, there is something so much greater awaiting us. So we Mm -hmm. can't rest every hope and dream on what we ourselves can achieve with what we have been given physically. There's a spiritual reality that we, we must be aware of. So can I just read these verses too? 2 mm. Corinthians 5 verses 1 to 9. But we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by Mm -hmm. faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. Mm-hmm. I think this is, you know, really convicting for us because often we try to make our home here mm. in and of ourselves and in the world. Um, but this is reminding us that this is not where we belong. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something so far greater in our future. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, but then it's that tension of how do you live here but have that eternal perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. And I think if we're thinking about how we see ourselves so often, and my goodness, was my life really dictated by this, um, we, we so often direct our lives by how we hope others see us mm. and mm. make decisions for other people's approval rather than even mm. for ourselves or what God would want for us. It's so, so controlled by other people. Mm. Galatians one ten, For am I now seeking the approval of man mm-hmm. or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Who are we trying to please with our lives? Is it others? If we have a you know, kingdom perspective, if we're beholding God, should we not also be trying to please him, mm. not the world? Mm my goodness, how much we try and please the world mm. to fill perhaps some deeper rooted issues that we haven't actually done business with God about. Yeah. Yeah. And to have that, um, that idol of pride sleep, uh, sneak back in, mm. right. And to have that, that's really hard to, to break. Cause it's like, you can audibly hear it. You can mm. hear someone say, oh, you did a great job. You know, that praise or that encouragement or, mm. um, and it's hard to, I guess, not want to seek after that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, okay, so the first change was we have a different perspective. We have a kingdom perspective on life. Mm. The second is well, how we see ourselves changes. Mm. We're not living for ourselves. We're living for God. Um, and we also perhaps even have that ownership back of, well, we're children of the living God. Like mm. our inheritance awaits us in, in heaven. That's it's very... Awesome. 
That's very awesome. But like, that's, that's really cool to, to remind ourselves of that. And I think the third change is in actually how we see others. Mm. And this is a really cool one. Not that the other, these, they're all really cool, but as we behold God, like, you know, we act, how we see other people starts to shift. Mm. If we become what we behold, which is what we've been saying so often, Mm. if we become what we behold, then in the beholding, we're becoming more like Christ, Mm. which means it is he that instructs how we see, not us. Mm. And I think there's an importance here of, you know, that old acronym, WWJD, it was on (laughs) wristbands, left, right and center, but I know it's a bit cheesy, but it's so good to think about what would Jesus do? Mm. What would Jesus say? What would Jesus think even? Mm. And having Jesus goggles on to see the world and seeing others. Mm. Do you do that when you're in a conversation with someone (sighs) and they're really frustrating you or there's things that you don't agree with? Yeah, I I just never get frustrated. (laughs) (laughs) But do you try and... I don't know if it's WWJD, but you yeah. do, do you have something that you go to that keeps refocusing you on what would Jesus do in this situation? I, I don't, I'm not saying this to be prideful. I'm saying this to give honour to, to the Lord, hmm. but I am at a place now where I feel like I don't need to necessarily be like, okay, think about them like Jesus. Like I, I think mm-hmm. I've done a lot of beholding and I, I, I really genuinely do love people. Like it's amazing. Like people get under my skin sometimes, but like honestly, I think there's a there's a point that you reach where you you really aren't thinking like yourself because your whole goal is to show people Jesus when they see you, right? And mm. so like if it starts to just become natural and the way that you love them mm. is an expression of what's happening behind the scenes in your life, then that's really cool. Mm, but I think great. that came from those spiritual practices that we spoke about last last lesson, <laughs> teacher, <laughs> um, last episode, sorry, um, and putting those in place, like actually disciplining yeah. myself in um, seeking God, but then that's instructed how I see other people now too. Mm. Um, but please hold me accountable to that when you see me not, if you see <laughs> me not doing that. But um, I think, yeah, Jesus goggles become really um, easier to put on. They, they just become mm. Jesus' eyes to see the world. And others rather than actually having to physically do something to help you be patient with that person. It's just like, yep, I just love them. That's great. Right. But praise God. Mm-mm. And that's not, not to say that happens all the time. Maybe I shouldn't have said that because I definitely stumble and now people are going to hold me accountable. <laughs> I thought you just looked at everyone with love. <laughs> Why are you angry? <laughs> no. You, um, people sorry. know your heart. People know that you're just wanting to share your experience and encourage them. I hope so. Um, but yeah, Ephesians 4, 22 to 24 says to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Mm. Your new self is created after his likeness. So if mm. you're putting on the new self, you are looking like Christ. Mm. You're not looking like yourself. Die to yourself. Like mm. what is it that we're, like we're bringing into our new, new lives with Christ that don't belong? To, yeah. Like they don't have any place in our new self, mm. you know? Um, I think for me it's definitely been using my own eyes 
using my own sense of judgment to see the world and not his eyes, you know, like, as in like when I, um, if I get a strong sense of an injustice that's happened, that's Mm. when I can get my back up about something Mm. and I'm not perhaps seeing it the way he's seeing it Mm. because I'm angry and I, and I convince myself it's righteous anger, Mm. but it's probably not, you know, (laughs) um, but yeah, if we're a new creation, that kind of thing doesn't make sense. Mm. But if we're not looking up, if we're not beholding God, then we will be convinced that we are the highest point and final authority in our lives. What I say goes, what a prideful place to be. Mm. And yeah. also what a limiting place to be mm. because you're not seeing the full picture. You're not opening yourself up to what God's doing, what he wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think um, something that my friend said to me once that stuck with me and will stay with me forever. She's a very wise friend. Um, was this Christ in you is the best part about you. Mm. And that's very true. <laughs> um, you know, we're called to be new creations. We're called to be set apart. We're called to see others and situations with Jesus's eyes and not our own. Um, and it's actually unnatural for us. It goes against our nature um, to cast judgments on people. It goes mm. against our nature to hold on to bitterness and anger because that's not what Jesus would do. Mm. And if he's in you, then it doesn't seem normal for you to do that. When you say it goes against our nature, you mean what we were created to be. Right. And also Is as it? carriers of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Okay. And as imitators because of Christ. Yeah. Because, but it's often our natural, um, disposition to lean towards being judgmental right and to yeah so we need to fight against that and to make sure that we we're returning ourselves yes. to yeah. yes yeah. exactly and doesn't that don't, don't you always feel there is a bit of a wrestle when we do things like that like mm. it never feels natural for us to just be gossiping or complaining mm. or holding on to bitterness it's not like oh okay I love this feeling of anger in yeah. my heart this feels good like that's not natural and there is that wrestle because um, yeah, when, you know, it doesn't feel good because it's unnatural for you to not walk in love mm. and extend that to someone else. And when it feels unnatural, you know that that's God's spirit working as well. Yeah. So mm. I would encourage you, you know, WWJD, because, because why would you go around thinking WWED? What would Emma <laughs> do? I mean, maybe, maybe <laughs> if your name's I've Emma, I thought that. that. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, I, we do not know everything. Mm. Our perspective is so limited and also full of bias, Mm. full of pride and perhaps bitterness, perhaps inherent needs that we're looking to fill. What would Mm. Emma do? Maybe react in a really unhelpful way. Like what would Jesus do? Well, I'm going to choose to do that instead because there Mm. will always be greater fruit that comes from that response than anything I could do. Mm. Um, and often that's extending unmerited kindness and unmerited favor and unmerited grace for people. And we know exactly what that feels like and it feels pretty good. Mm. So why would we not want to give that to others? Mm. It doesn't make sense for us not to. Yeah. So that's uh, Hebrews twelve fourteen. Just let me, just let me say this really quickly. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. 
strive for peace with everyone. Mm. Sure, that's hard, but it's not impossible. Mm. True. God allows it to be possible for us. I think our pride steps yeah. in and says, no, you deserve to hold on to that anger and hatred. Mm. But actually striving for peace is a possible reality for us to, to live in. And that's how we see God because we're more like him and mm. his character than ourselves. Mm. Right? Yeah. Um, do you want to read that 1 Thessalonians verse too? Yeah, sure. Um, see that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. I love this. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in mm. Christ Jesus for you. Mm. Do not quench the spirit. Um, our dear friend Josh Hawkins mm. um, preached on this once and he was saying, you know, we often ask, what is God's will for our lives? Um, and he said those three things, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. Um, it's great. <laughs> yeah. <it is. laughs> um, and just lastly, if we're thinking about, you know, when, when we're beholding God, we have Jesus eyes to see other people, then 2 Corinthians 5 is a really beautiful passage in explaining how, like what that looks like and how we can, how we can do that. Um, you know, it says in verse 16, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, behold the new has come. <laughs> and all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that mm. in him we might become the righteousness of God. Mm. Ambassadors for Christ. They're mm -hmm. really powerful words. That's right. And, you know, are we representing him in every mm. interaction we're having with others? Mm. It's a good question to ask ourselves. Mm. How much are they seeing him when they see us? going to take a little break from our episode today to get to know Brie Bond a little bit better. Oh. I'm so excited. I feel like I don't know you at all. <laughs> That's not true. I We're going to play Fast Five. <laughs> Fast Five. So, Brie, what is your favorite type of sandwich? Uh, I'm hesitating because like a hot sandwich or cold? Or is that part of the question? All of the above. Um, peanut butter and honey. Ooh. On what type of bread? Oh, that has to be white bread. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is the best book you have read recently? The Bible. <laughs> <laughs> best book. Um, up above, up above. <laughs> wow, there's a book around here called Crazy Love. Okay. It is a really good book. Yeah. Yep. Good book. Um, how do you take your coffee? I do not take my coffee. I take a hot chocolate. <laughs> The disappointment <laughs> on what Sam's face right now. What the heck is wrong with you? Hey, are we still friends? Can we, can we just start you off there with a mocha or something? Just get you in there. <laughs> oh, see, I really like the smell. I just don't like the taste. 
okay. I'm too bitter. It's fair enough. It tastes terrible, but you just get used to it. <laughs> it's true. And cold brew. Scott brought home that. Uh-huh. Scott brought that home one day and I had a tiny sip. It's like licking dirt. It's just Some. really not pleasant. I quite enjoy I cold brew. personally like Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, wow. I feel personally um, offended. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, what's that question three? So we're up to question yep. four. Yep, yep. Okay, let me think of a question. <laughs> How many um, kids do you have? I have two. You have two kids. And what are the rages? No, that was question four. That was question four, yeah. <laughs> um, they are... Wait, what? That's right. We <laughs> How old are they? Six and eight. <laughs> six and eight. That's yeah. amazing. Okay, you ready for the last question? Yes. What's your favorite movie? <laughs> favorite movie? Um, Memento. Well, I've, I have so many. I'm like a bit crazy about movies. Um. I that's swear great. that's what it's called. You know the one that's backwards? Yeah. Yeah. It's real trippy, but like so good. Is that good. the guy that does um, like Tenet? Is that the Except same guy? I haven't seen it for years and I vaguely remember it being quite violent. Sorry. What's that guy's name? That's going to kill me. Guy Ritchie? No. What? Guy Ritchie? Oh, is that the director? Oh. Then I've got it wrong. I think so. He's the director of Tenet and Inception. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah. I know. That's, I know. Source. Just kill Scazy. <laughs> No. no, 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 no. Um, Chris Nolan? Chris Nolan, I got it. It's Chris Nolan, isn't it? it? No, I don't think No, I don't it. think Dang it. <laughs> well, then oh, we'll never... Be. I think it is. Adrian Lee's going to kill me. <laughs> okay. I know that the um, Hans Zimmer did the score for both of those. Okay, movies. well, that's a flex. We're not asking you for that information. It's been great to get to know you today, Let's get back to our episode. Great segue. Because <laughs> the fourth thing that changes then is um, how and who others see when they see us. Mm. Um, there's a Charles Spurgeon. Spurgeon? Spurgeon yeah. <laughs> quote. Yeah. I love this Didn't quote. sound right. Um, nearness to God brings likeness to God. Mm-hmm. And the more you see God, the more of God will be seen in you. Yeah. Um, and if we're called Christians, like the word Christ is actually in there, right? We're yeah. ambassadors for Christ. So yeah. they're there's that responsibility on us to reflect him back to the world. Um, Ephesians 4, 1 to 6 um, says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with mm. patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just mm. as you were called to the hope that belongs to your call. You call one Lord. Just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. One hope. Oh, I can't read. One Lord. One, Lord, <laughs> one faith, okay. one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. I think it got confusing because there's so much repetition of the word one, which is the most important part of this. <laughs> this oh, that worked well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You meant that. <laughs> sure. That was a teaching moment. Um, but that's the thing, right? It's where it's one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. There's a oneness to that. Mm. So us and others, we're all one in Christ. Yep. Great. Yeah. Great. <laughs> it's a unifying thing. Yeah. And then we're called to live a life worthy mm. and to confess our sin and to grow that intimacy and that confidence. Mm. Wow. Mm. Well, I I love this this what we're talking about here, which is beholding God does actually change the way that you relate to other people. Mm. 
It's a big one. Yep. And um, in particular, what, what we were just talking about before, but when you consider forgiveness, again, another um, more in-depth characteristic that we're going to study in a later episode. So stay tuned. Mm. Um, but I do just want to ha- talk about this really quickly because it's something that's changed my life um, personally in the last few years. But um, I think, you know, when you look to God and you know what's available in him, it feels unnatural to respond in a way that doesn't align with his character. Mm. So, um, you know, if I've perhaps spoken to God about something that's grieved me first, I don't want to pick up the phone and call my best friend and complain about that person situation thing that happened. Mm. It's like redundant. Mm. It's almost like saying, yeah, okay, I trust God, but I still don't trust him enough to not be able, like I still need to call my friend. Mm. Like Mm. go to him first. Like how often do we actually do that? Yeah. I think so often I feel like I perhaps need to be justified in the way I'm thinking or feeling. So I'll get that instant validation mm. and I'll ask someone else to validate that for me. And I haven't even prayed about it yet. Yeah. Which comes like last episode, we were talking about Ephesians 4, um, about um, but everything in prayer and petition. Mm. I can't speak. Prayer and petition. Yeah. yeah. Present your request to God. Yeah. And we're talking about what it's like for a parent and a child mm. in everything. Mm. It's that's a great example of that, of how if you had taken that to God before you spoke to that person, well, like you just said, you don't actually want to. You feel like sometimes you can just leave things at the foot of the cross. Where they belong. And they're done. It's done with. And then you're not engaging in any unhelpful or unloving behaviour. Mm. It's dealt with there with Christ. Yeah. And that's where it can stay. Mm. Yep. Um, I um, have recently been reading... Another Francis Chan book, sorry. It's a fiend for Francis Chan. I love it. <laughs> it's just been lately. If you're going to be a fiend for anyone, it's got to be Francis Chan. Yeah. After Jesus, one. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he has some really helpful um, stories about people's radical faith. Mm. Um, and there's a couple that I just want to quickly read to you because they, um, yeah, they'll probably speak for themselves. But just, I guess if we just wanted to bring to life what a life that we're talking about could actually look like. Um, the first one is about a young girl called um, Brooke Bronkowski. Um, she was 14 um, and she was in love with Jesus. She was in junior high. When she was in junior high, she started a Bible study on her campus and she spent her babysitting money on Bibles so she can um, give them out to all her unsaved friends. Youth pastors heard about this and brought her boxes of Bibles to give away. Um, She wrote the following essay when she was about 12, and it will give you an idea of the kind of girl that she was. And it's called Since I Have My Life Before Me. It said, I'll live my life to the fullest. I'll be happy. I'll brighten up. I will be joyful. I'll be more joyful than I have ever been. I will be kind to others. I will loosen up. I will tell others about Christ. I will go on adventures and change the world. I will be bold and not change who I really am. I will have no troubles, but instead help others with their troubles. You see, I'll be one of those people who live to be history makers at a young age. I will have moments, good and bad, but I will wipe away the bad and only remember the good. In fact, that's all I'll remember, just good moments, nothing in between, just living my life to the fullest. This girl is 12, right? Mm. I'll be one of those people who go somewhere with a mission, an awesome plan, a world-changing plan, but nothing will hold me back. I'll set an example for others. I will pray for direction. I have my life before me. I will give others the joy I have. 
and God will give me more joy. I will do everything God tells me to do. I will follow the footsteps of God. I will mm. do my best. Wow. Going to lose it in a second. <laughs> During her freshman year in high school, Brooke was in a car accident while driving to the movies. Um, her life ended when she was just 14, but her impact didn't. Mm. Nearly 1,500 people attended her memorial service. And people from her public high school read poems that she'd written about her love for God. Everyone spoke of her example and her joy. I shared the gospel and invited those who wanted to know Jesus to come up and give their lives to him. There must have been at least 200 students on their knees at the mm. front of the church praying for salvation. Wow. Um, ushers gave them a Bible to each of them, and they were the Bibles that Brooke had kept in her garage, hoping to one day give to her unsaved friends. In one day, Brooke led more people to the Lord than most ever will. Mm. Imagine wow. knowing, like she said things like, in my short life, I will, you know, I'll tell people about Jesus. And she just, mm. she knew mm. two things that she had this certainty of her faith and she also knew her life would be short. And so she made the most of it. Yeah. Wow. That an incredible example for us. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Um, and then the other one just quickly is a guy called Rings, R-I-N-G-S. Um, I don't know exactly how old Rings is, but he definitely isn't what. You, but he's definitely what you would call an old man. I also don't know where he was born or what his real name is. He simply goes by Rings. His home is the cab of a pickup where he parks near downtown Ocean Beach, California. He's a chain smoker, an ex-convict, ex-addict, and ex-alcoholic. Rings likes to say that if Jesus saved him, then Jesus is able to save ev- anyone and everyone. So instead of using his monthly check to buy alcohol or hotel room for himself he spends all of it on food at the local supermarket he transfers the food he buys um, to coolers in the back of his truck and then he drives to the beach and makes meals for his fellow homeless while preparing the food rings tells the gathering crowds about the freedom that jesus brought into his life he tells them that god is the one who told him to feed others with his money and that it's because of god's love for them he loves This man gives everything he has to others, literally everything, because he knows that he has nothing that wasn't given to him by God. Mm. We could learn a lot from that person's story. Mm. My goodness. What a life to be encouraged by, right, and Mm -hmm. aspire to. Mm. Um, I think you read stories like that and you think, oh, that's okay for that person because they're really radical. But like God has put you in this place in your life and gives you opportunities every day. Yeah. It might not look like that, but you can still share your faith mm. no matter what situation you're in. Mm. Um, and God can, people can still see God in you um, just in the way that you interact with people. So. Oh, wow. Something that's really um, stayed with me. I was, on a, I was at Beach Mission a few years ago and um, one of the leaders on that mission was like, you know, even if you don't, um, explicitly share the gospel, as in open up the word and preach a, a message to someone and that's how they become saved. Like your life might just be the only experience of the gospel someone sees mm. and that can be enough. Like someone can look at you and see yeah. Jesus and that can change everything for them. Because mm. how how amazing is it when perhaps you respond how Jesus would respond and lives are just like blown away by that because it's not, what they're expecting mm. and it might definitely not be what they deserved, but it's that mm. unmerited grace, unmerited, you know, forgiveness or love 
blows people away and mm. they see Jesus and they don't see you. Mm. That's the goal, right? Yeah, that's amazing. Mm. Um, uh, something that I have been really fascinated by lately is that there are two times in the New Testament where it says that Jesus was surprised or astonished at someone's faith. Mm. Isn't that weird? Yes. And, and I think whenever that's mentioned, we need to take note of what's happened because mm. it's, you know, a bit, bit radical to surprise Jesus. Mm. He is all knowing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so let's look at that. Oh, shall we? <laughs> I, no, I, I really love these stories. Mm. Well, so, one, one is a surprise or an astonishment because of their faith, but then the other not so much. Yeah. Um, anyway, go, you, kick us off. Okay, well. The first one, Matthew 8, the faith of the centurion. Mm. Um, You know, a a Roman centurion was a professional Roman officer in the army. Um, And we come to Matthew 8, verses 5 to 10. Let me just read this for you. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Also, it's very nice, like he's worried about his servant. That's Mm, Good on you. Mm. Um, Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was... (laughs) and said to those following him. So he said to the disciples, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. Um, And he wasn't, he wasn't a Jew. Like he didn't have that knowledge of the Torah or the, you know, Old Testament scripture. He didn't, he wasn't grown up in that culture or in that religion at all. He just had heard about Jesus, about his teachings and his miracles. And yet, um, he, he knew that Jesus didn't have to come to his house. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. He knew that he could heal him on the spot. Mm. But this is the kicker. No one else knew that. Like Jesus was willing to travel to him. Mm. Mm. But then he was amazed and he acted on the faith of the centurion. Like Jesus is absolutely staggered here because no one knew that just sent like that just in Jesus sending a word and not going himself to heal someone was possible because he hadn't done that yet. Mm. He had always been present yeah, previous wow. to this moment yeah. in, in those healing moments. And so, you know, Jesus, yeah, hadn't healed anybody without being physically present. So he's going to do the same thing he always did. He's going to go um, and meet that person and heal them in person. Mm. Um, but obviously something's happened that was a game changer that day. And the faith that that man has, you know, he got Jesus to do something that nobody knew mm. was possible. And think about the disciples in this moment. Like this was their first time hearing this idea. They probably thought, oh, okay, this Roman centurion is crazy. <laughs> Look at him trying to tell Jesus what to do. What to do? What, what yeah. a crazy guy. And then Jesus just goes, okay, let's do that then. He changes his plan. Mm. Um, because no one knew, you know, God is open to a new idea that comes from you and not from him. 
Mm. That's actually true. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. It just blows my mind. Um, and Jesus only had three years. Mm. You know, if he could speak a word and not have to physically travel somewhere, he's going to do it. But he didn't. He didn't say anything because there's a faith invitation at play here. Mm. Will you step out and ask God for the impossible? Mm-hmm. That's a question he's asking us. He knows he can do it, but he's waiting on you to ask. Yeah. Right. You know, will you just be content to like walk down the same roads? I think, you know, this, this will be fine as is, you know, Jesus is like, no, let's do the things that you're suggesting here. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't need to do things in your life the same way he has for years, but he will, you know, the same old road will still deliver the same result. But when this kind of faith kicks in, mm. <laughs> Like that's when you see revival in church history. That's when you see unusual moves of God because this man got God to do something that no one knew he could do. Uh He asked him, can we do this instead? And God was like, yep, (laughs) love that you're on this journey with me. And it reminds me of the story of Joshua as well, Mm. where he's asking God to cause the sun to stand still. Mm. Um, You know, he was winning this war, but it was getting dark. And Joshua literally tells the sun, to stand still. Um, you know, the Bible says of this scenario that no such thing has happened before or after that God listened to a man, you know, it's like the whole way that the solar system works. He's asking for something even bigger than what he was even aware of Mm -hmm. because the sun can't stand still physically. Mm -hmm. It's he's asking God to slow down the earth, which is more radical because the earth moves around the sun. That's wild. Right? It's not like, oh, just keep the sun in place. It's actually, no, no, no. Stop the earth from moving. (laughs) Like, okay. That's Um, faith, right? That's faith. And he asks of God and the word says in Joshua 10 verse 14, there has been no day like it before or since when the Lord heeded the Mm. voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. To heed is to pay attention to something, to give consideration to something. And God heeds Mm. Joshua. Wow. Yeah. And I think that poses a question for us to consider. How are we releasing our faith and having a stance of expectancy, not expectation in prayer, not expectations of God to answer in the ways we want, but praying with a stance of expectancy because we know who he is. Mm. We know he is powerful, that, ca- that he can do it. You know, this is the kind of prayer life that we should be pursuing. This is the kind of prayer life that the father delights in, that mm. kind of faith. Mm. It moves his heart. It moves the way he acts. Yeah, absolutely. But then on the flip side, the other time that he's surprised, um, which fascinates me because he was surprised by the faith of someone who wasn't a, um, a Jewish person. Mm-hmm. And now he's surprised by the unbelief of the Jews. Mm. Um, the people in his hometown in Mark 6, um, he says, um, uh, Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his um, disciples, when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him was were amazed. Where did these men get this? Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that he has been given? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? And they and they keep just keep questioning him. It just mm-hmm. goes on and on. Um, and knowing that they um they knew him as a child, so obviously it's weird for them him coming back and and them not being able to acknowledge who he is as the Son of God. That's mm-hmm. a really weird thing to um to try and understand for them um but he just 
he's heartbroken and shocked and surprised by their lack of faith. Um, and so, you know, I, I just want to encourage you to just delight yourself in the Lord mm. um, and he will give you the desires of your heart. We see that in mm. Psalm 39. But what this is not saying is that God will give you everything that you ask for. Um, I think too often we focus on that second half. Mm. Like it's that he will give you the desires of your heart, but mm. we skip through the first part. Mm. And so we need to delight ourselves in the Lord because um, what I think that David is saying is that when you concern yourself with the things of God and when your heart breaks for what his heart breaks for mm. and when you rejoice in the things that bring him joy mm. um, and when you have that kingdom perspective and then the desires of your heart will align with the desires of God's heart. Oh, so true. And so when you have, yes, yeah, so, and then he will bless that and he will give you the desires of your heart because they match what he wants. Well, and because he becomes your heart's desire. Mm, yeah. He fulfills his promise to light yourself in the Lord and he mm. will give you the desires of your heart. If you're truly delighting yourself in God, he is your heart's desire. Mm. And I think that's where we've got that worship wrong because we want other things. We're not really yeah. delighting ourselves in God fully because how is there room in our hearts for anything else? Yeah. Like if we're really enjoying God, then there wouldn't be, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, it happens because he becomes your heart's true desire. So mm. I think it's just so incredible that we get to live in this beholding life. It's mm. amazing, you know, but then one more thing happens <laughs> when we continuously lift our eyes to God, when we choose to prioritize him as he deserves, we realize that those attributes of God become in a sense, our own, mm. you know, we have that ability to emulate those attributes as we behold him. So. In episodes five to nine, we're actually going to, going to explore those attributes of God. Obviously, yeah. there's no definitive list because there are so many, mm. um, but we're going to go through one per episode in more depth and then how we as his people can actually become more like him, exploring also our differences in that process. Um, and, you know, we know there's a lot of grace involved when we get that wrong. Mm. Yeah, obviously. Absolutely. Um, so I just want to um, leave us with these words. Mm. Um, from Ephesians 1, where um, we see that God has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Um, so let's just continue to just connect in with him. That can be our mm. call to action till we meet mm. again. Um, let's not waste it. Like we're called to live radical lives for Jesus. And so mm. let's just do it. <laughs> okay. Easy. Easy as that. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Can I pray for us quickly? Please. All right. Father, we thank you so much for the incredible blessing that it is to serve you and to live a life um, dedicated to your plan for your world. Um, Lord, please help us to um, remember to connect in with you daily and to just continue to grow in our faith in you. And, and we just thank you for all this blessing. We know that to take heart, to be encouraged and to seek a new thing is a personal pursuit. We want to encourage you that you are not alone in that pursuit. We believe that because of who our God is, we can actively seek him and see what he is doing. When we do this, things start to shift. Our hope for you is that you would embrace this process of becoming and allow our God to continue to grow you into all he is calling you to be and that you would have eyes to see what he is doing in this generation.